We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, El Monte. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, El Monte. You know, I love all the traditions. I, I love uh, the tree. You know, every year what we do at our house, uh, it's kind of cool. The Lord laid it on my heart one year to make a banner. And I have a big, you know, banner. And it's by 4 by 8 and it says, uh, Celebrate Jesus. And it has Jesus in real big letters, um, the reason for the season, you know. And we put it up for years and we've had people knock it down and just different things have happened. But this was the first year that someone came to our door and they knocked at our door and they said, uh, um, it was an older guy. He could, he could barely walk, but he lived up the street and he just said, you know, I want to thank you for putting that sign up all these years. He said, all these years I, I go by and I read it. And uh, he said, I'm blessed. He was an older gentleman. And he was a Christian man. And, uh, and he, you know, for me, I was like, wow, Lord, thank you for encouraging us. Cause sometimes you don't, you don't find, you don't feel it, huh? You're like, I don't want to. How many of you guys? You're like, I'm not going to put up lights this year, you know? No, no Christmas cards. Mr. and Mrs. Grinch, man to the max, you know? And and we get lazy, but it was just so cool because the Lord just kind of put it in my heart, you know? I gave me the strength another year, and uh, and I'll tell you what. Let me just share something with you. You never know whose life you're touching. I mean, you guys never know. You know, you may not hear it for years, but, you know, 10 years later, someone comes up to you and says, thank you for, you know, your witness. Thank you for that kind gesture that you did, you know, seven years ago. I never said anything, but it made a difference in my life, you know. And that, that's kind of, uh, I think, what my prayer is, that as we, as, we as, as Christians live our life, that, that the world would take notice because at the end of the day, that's what Christmas is all about. It's about people getting saved. It's about people coming to that knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, and it was an amazing, it was an amazing night. It really was. Um, we read here in John 1. Look, look what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was... God. It says in verse 14 of the same chapter, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If you jump down to verse 18, it says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. And so, you know, you start off there in verse 1. You guys didn't know baseball was in the Bible, huh? In the beginning. You guys didn't know that, huh? Sorry, don't throw tomatoes at me. I'm just messing with you guys, man. In the beginning, in the beginning. I mean, he goes back before, you know, Genesis 1-1. I mean, this is, uh, this is taking us way back. I mean, you guys ever think about going back in history? You go back, whatever, you know, 4,000 years, 6,000 years. You go back, and I don't know if you believe in dinosaurs or not, whatever you call them, uh, major giraffes, I'm not sure, but you just kind of keep going back, and Adam and Eve, and then you keep going back, and, and, and then you keep going back, and it's like, and there's God, 
And that's what we read right here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and, and the Word was God. You see, we're going to see today that Jesus, before he was a baby, before he was born, before he was conceived within the womb of Mary, before he was ever with us, the Bible says he was God. Think about that. I mean, you just you capture that thought, that truth, by going way, way back to the beginning but then you add to that thought as you discover that he was not only with God, we read here, but he was God. As a matter of fact, you guys know how it is when you do your letters. I don't know, a lot of you here, how many of you do you highlight things with a little yellow highlighter? There's something about highlighting things that feels good. I don't know what it is, but I like to highlight things, you know. And, and sometimes you put it in bold or you underline it or you circle it because that's where the emphasis is. Well, in the original language here, that's where the emphasis is on that last word, God. It's supposed to be read like, like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Like, God. In, in the original language, based on the prefix and suffix, they were able to place emphasis on a single word. John here, in the very beginning, as he writes his letter, he wants to emphasize that Jesus is God. You know, sometimes to better understand a person or to appreciate a story or to learn a lesson, you need to go back to the roots. How did it begin? You know, where did they come from? You know, most of the stories that we hear about that are, are, are low, those stories from rags to riches. You know, like, I don't know if you guys ever heard of that guy, John Rockefeller. He was born in 1839. He was one of six siblings. He lived in an extremely poor family. As a matter of fact, his first job was as an assistant bookkeeper for a small produce commission, and he only earned 50 cents a day. Rockefeller, however, as most of you probably know, would eventually become the world's first billionaire. You know, and you look at that and you, you, you appreciate his story a little bit more when you understand where he came from, he came from nothing. He worked hard. He had nothing given to him on a silver platter, but he went on and became such a, a wealthy man. And so, I don't know, there's something about going back and kind of understanding the roots and how it all began that helps you appreciate the, the modern story. And we have many examples of that. And like I said, usually it's rags to riches. Right? But in Jesus' case, it was the opposite, huh? In Jesus' case, it was uh, a riches to rags story. It's almost weird. I mean, how many people would do that? I mean, if you were rich, if you were like a gazillionaire, I mean, how many people would give it all away, leave it all to become a homeless person? Well, that's kind of what Jesus did in one sense and infinitely more. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. He was a, a rich king, uh, much more than a billionaire. How rich was he? Well, let's put it this way. Before he was placed in the feeding trough among the animals in Bethlehem, as a helpless newborn, he was sitting on the throne. Think about it. I don't know if you can visualize it, but use your imagination. I know you guys can. Think about the one sitting on the throne ruling the whole universe. Think about that. 
In Isaiah chapter 6, the Bible says that's who Isaiah saw. He saw Jesus Christ high and lifted up. Imagine that. And so John, he opens his gospel with this truth immediately. And we'll see that I was part of the mission of the message of John. Uh, one of the things I think you guys probably know, some of you probably know, is that we have the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they all present kind of like a different angle or aspect of Jesus. Matthew presents Jesus as king, royalty. Matthew presents Jesus as servant, humility. Uh, Luke presents him as a man in his humanity, and John presents him as God in his deity. Notice again there in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, I, and you might wonder, well, why is he called the Word? I mean, what, what's that all about, right? Well, the Greek word is a logos. You'll never guess what English word we get from that. You guys... Can you guess? Logo, right? We get that from that English word. Ultimately, what it is is a representation. And so, here's the thing, okay? Um, logos. If you ever wonder what the representation of God would be, what the expression of God, you know, what that message of God would be, then you would find that it's ultimately, you need to look no further than Jesus Christ. You see, John wrote his gospel to the then-dominated world, and they would know exactly who the Logos was. It was a, a title found in many of their writings. This is the one who made everything, who maintained everything. The one conceived within the womb of Mary was born on Christmas Day. They would know the word, this is who he's referring to, this is God. Okay, And, and just... You gotta, you gotta know. We gotta start there, in John chapter one, verse one. You know, a lot of people will they'll go to Luke or they'll go to Matthew, and it's cool because that's like the actual story itself. But it, you know, you can't jump in too quick. I mean, when you go swimming, yeah, just jump in. You right? That's the best thing to do because you just gotta jump in, right? But not when it comes to Christmas. When it comes to Christmas, you got to go in a little slower. Who is this baby? You know, what was, what, what's, the, what's the background? Where's he from? What are his roots? And, and you got to stop and you got to contemplate that for a second. I mean, think about this, you guys. God. God with us. Emmanuel, right? I mean, uh, when you look at, this baby that was born. It's just amazing to think that he's the one that spoke everything into existence by the power of his word. Do you ever think about how awesome God is? I mean, he helps us. I don't know if you've ever like sensed his presence or maybe he's helped you in the little things and the big things. I mean, to me, when I think of the fact that God hears all our prayers simultaneously, when I think about how he holds everything together uh, by the power of his word, when I think about... Think about this. All the stars. Okay, uh, you guys remember that? Did you guys pay attention when you uh, took those uh, astronomy classes or science classes? How many of you are, did not pay attention? <laughs> that was me, man. But I wish I could go back now and take those classes again. And you study like the billions of stars in our galaxy. And then you study how huge these stars are. Do you guys ever study how huge these... You know, you look at the sun and you're thinking, that's pretty big, right? And it is. It's huge. 
but it's nothing. It, it pales in comparison. It's like a piece of dust in comparison to some of the other stars that are out there. Well, this is the one who made those stars, who spoke them into existence by the power of his word, all those galaxies. And then you begin to understand, hey, this is, a, this is, this is a more than just um, a baby being born. It's more than you know, our traditions. I thank God for them. It's more than exchanging gifts or going on a, you know, I, I thank God for all the things. And I pray you guys hang out with us because tonight we're going to have eggnog. We're going to have uh, hot chocolate. We're going to have some strong coffee because we want you up all night. <laughs> we're going to have cookies. We're going to have fellowship. How many of you here, just out of curiosity, I'm just curious, no pressure here, but how many of you here brought a dessert? Cookies or something? Thank you so much. We're going to have all of that, you know? But, but it's, what we're doing tonight is so much more than that. You know, we're just stopping for a moment and we're saying, Lord, we know who you were. First word, I'll give you guys about four words tonight, okay? Because I know you guys can't remember a lot. I know that about you, man. Because you're thinking about the tamales right now, man. Some of us here have actually been fasting. We haven't had any sweets for a long time. And we're kind of thinking about the sweets, you know? But I want to give you four words to see if you can, if you can remember them. Uh, the first word is that word... It's incarnation, incarnation. Look at verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so remember talking about this being that was with God and yet this being that was God. We believe in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus being the second person of the Trinity, right? And so one day, it was Christmas night, and it says, and the Word became flesh and, and dwelt among us. They call it the incarnation. Um, for us who are Hispanics, we see that word gotten in there, right? Uh, I mean, some meat, right? I mean, flesh, we're talking about that's what Jesus did. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, it says that Jesus had the form of God, but he came in the likeness of men. Uh, you read the same thing in Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, how Jesus had his humanity as well as his deity. 1 Timothy 3.16, it says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, how God was manifested in the flesh. And so, you know, the word became flesh, and it says right here, and dwelt among us. There in verse 14. The, the Greek word, it speaks of a tabernacle, it speaks of a tent. And in one sense, if I could just say it this way, um, he, he came to us. He came to be with us. Okay? And this is, this is where, where it starts. Okay? Do you, do you know that God wants to be with you? Do you guys know that? I mean, do you guys ever have anybody come over your house um, without in, being invited, just out of curiosity? You ever have people that come over? I mean, I'm not talking about salesmen. That's different, you know. Um, but they just kind of come over. The other day, uh, someone, uh, I have like a million things to do, like all of you, right? And my wife tells me, oh, so-and-so's coming over. I'm all, oh, really? I didn't know that, right? And they just came over. Do you guys ever do that? Is that is that good or bad? 
I think it's good. I'm sorry, man. Just drop in on somebody. Say, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I heard you guys were fighting right now, but it's okay. I still love you, man. <laughs> but, you know, when they came over and, you know, we spent time together, and when they left, you know what that told me? That they want to be with me. That they would be willing to drive over and come over and give me a little gift or whatever it is, the malas. I mean, stuff like that, you know, I just keep thinking about that or whatever. This is actually something that meant so much more. But I'm like, I remember my, my wife, she had a, a cousin and he would just pop in all the time. And, you know, for some people, they don't like that. To be honest with you, I just think that is so cool. Well, you see, that's what God did. Yeah, we didn't invite him. Yeah, in one sense, we kind of locked the gate and we said, we kind of don't want you to come because we got our own life to live, God. We're kind of busy. But God said, it, it don't matter. I'm, I'm coming over. And God, think about this. He, he left eternity and he came into time. The one who fills the universe. I mean, there's, a, there's an attribute of God. It's called the immensity of God. And that means that he's everywhere in his fullness simultaneously. So that God came to us. And I don't know if you're glad about that, but I think, man, I'm so, I'm so glad because this is what it shows me. God wants to be with me. And not just here, but we're going to see this even at the end, forever. Forever. I mean, sometimes, you know, we get people in our life, they don't want to be with us. How many people really want to hang out with you? You know, maybe for five minutes. That's about how long I can handle them. <laughs> but see, God wants to be with us. That's why we have the incarnation. God came to earth because he has that heart. You know, I pray that you guys would be blessed by that. And so the first word, my prayer, is that you would know God came, took on flesh. That's what Christmas is all about. That first word is incarnation. Are you glad that God came to us? Are you guys glad? Second word is revelation. You're going to be even gladder. Well, maybe. I'm not sure. Look what he says right there in verse 14. And the word became flesh and, and dwelt among us. And here it is. And we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, notice this, full of grace and truth. See, the first word that I, I hope that you're super happy about is that God came. God came over, right? God came in to live with us, to tabernacle with us because he wants to be with us. It's incarnation. But the, the second word is, is revelation. And what that means to you guys, I don't know if you know this, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but you would not know what God is like unless he revealed himself to you. Do you know that? I mean, I, I know it sounds kind of silly, but a lot of times people don't really think about that. You would not know who God was like unless he had you know, revealed himself to you. You know, I mean, what we find is that uh, God came and, you know, God revealed himself to us. It's this amazing revelation. If you were, if you were God, um, would you run the universe different if you were God, just out of curiosity? A lot of you would, right? If you were God, there'd probably be, you know, 
no free will. I don't like pain and I don't like suffering and I don't like heartache and I don't like tragedies and I don't like when it, people get together and they break up or, or husbands leave their wives. I don't like you know certain things. I'll bet you almost anything that if you were God, you would run things differently. What I'm trying to say is that your concept of God is, would be wrong. You would not really know how God is like unless he revealed himself to you. Not only that, chances are, you know, because, you know, we're just the, the, we're wired the way that we are, if we were God, uh, we would probably, like, send a lot of people to hell a lot sooner, you know? I mean, you just, you just cut me off on the, on the freeway. I mean, I'm going like, you know, 65 miles an hour, and homeboy just, man, he just gets right in there in the lane, you know, or whatever, you know. I mean, your, your friend does you wrong, your neighbor, you know, something, something goes down, and, and you know, um, people, they have a way of hurting us deeply. And sometimes the men, you know, they could almost, I don't know, a lot of crazy things. You know, um, like when my dad walked out on me, you know, I still remember when he left me. I was just a little boy, and, uh, and you know, him and my mom, they started fighting, they started fighting. And this time, I mean, I was there, well, I saw the whole thing. And, um, and he just said, I'm leaving. This is it. And I still remember holding on to his leg as he's walking out, saying, Dad, don't leave. Right? And let me tell you something. When my dad left, I wanted no, nothing to do with him anymore because he walked out on our life. Right? But you know what happened? I got saved. And the Lord started changing my heart. And the next thing you know, you know, my dad, who, you know, he's you know, struggling with heroin and, and stealing from every family member you can think of, eventually finds himself homeless on Skid Row. If it wasn't for the Lord, I would just say, leave him. Leave him. But then the Lord starts working in my life. Next thing you know, even though, you know, we went through what we went through, you know what? I love him. And start reaching out to him, inviting him to church. I'll never forget, my dad had a broken leg. And one day when they, they did the altar call, my dad came forward and received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And now we have this relationship that I can't even begin to imagine I would ever have. It's a beautiful relationship. See, what I'm trying to say is that, that God's a lot different than us. God wants to, to bring redemption. God has this heart of what we read right here. Look what he says and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten Father, of the Father, full of grace and truth. See, and that's the revelation. That's where it begins. You know, I, I hope you guys know this about Christmas, that Christmas is all about grace. That Christmas is all about how we fall short and we sin, and we still do, even though we're, we're Christians. But there's the grace of God, and there's a sacrifice, and there's a salvation that's been provided for us. 
that that covers our sins. And I and I know some people don't like it. They think, well, you maybe you're you're emphasizing it too much. But the Bible says this, because maybe you're here today. I don't know for sure. I'm looking around. I'm like, huh, these guys look pretty straight. But maybe you're here today and you're, you've really messed up in your life. You know, you've been drinking. You've been smoking. You've been partying. You've been hanging out with the wrong people. You know, you've got this attitude on you or you're caught up with, and you name it, man. You fill in the blank. And you're thinking, well, God can't forgive me or, or God's not, you know, interested in me. And, and yet the Bible says that he's, he's this God of grace. And he can forgive any sin. He can restore any life. All you have to do is come to him. You don't have to go through and jump through all the hoops. All you got to do is come to him. Why? Because it's grace. As a matter of fact, uh, the Bible says this, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Romans 5.20, right? doesn't mean we go on and continue to sin. It just says that there is forgiveness. And that's what Jesus came to offer. That's what he says right here, this revelation that when the word came and became flesh, we saw the glory of the Father in him. And here's the thing, he was full of grace and truth. How many of you here are glad that he's a God of grace? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he hasn't given you what you deserve? Where would we be? Where would we be without his grace? How many of you here would be dead? A lot of you here would be dead. Some of you here, how many of you be locked up? How many of you here, you don't have to raise your hand, would be divorced were it not for the grace of God? How many of us here, we're still, you know, and we got this life of love and ministry because of the grace of God, right? I mean, this is what we celebrate here. The revelation of Jesus is what? Forgiveness. And that's the truth. There's another thing he says in verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. And so the first word is incarnation. Uh, and that's the Lord coming and, and just as God becoming man. The second word is revelation. And we learn a, a lot about God and, and how he is just by looking at the life of Christ and right here, reading the word, right? It uses that word, he has declared him. And the word right there, it speaks of something kind of being unfolded. It's an unfolded truth, literally. That's what Jesus did. You read the Old Testament and you read all these prophecies and you have the hints of the Trinity and the hints of the Gentiles being saved and the hints of the way that it's going to work when the Old Covenant is gone and the New Covenant begins. And man, you start reading it and it's all prepared and then boom, Jesus comes. And what does he do? He unfolds the whole thing for us. See, that's the revelation. And that's why it's so important, you guys, to read your Bibles, man. As we start the new year, I want to encourage you to, to just, you know, ask the Lord, give me wisdom, give me a reading plan. Help me to be a person to get into the Bible, Lord, and to study it and to learn it because I know, Jesus, that's why, why you came. The revelation of God, you know, you can't think of what's God like and you come up with this imagination. No, you got to read the Bible, and what happens is, is the Lord reveals himself to you, right? There's this, there's this declaration. It's the unfolding of truth. And it comes ultimately through Jesus. I'm so glad he came to be with us. Incarnation. I'm so glad he came 
to reveal himself to us, the revelation. I'm so glad that he came as a living word and, and, and to give us the written word, right? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. I think it's going to be a nice night. Amen? We've got a lot to look forward to. A lot to look forward to. But, but before we get there, let's just stop and contemplate um, the incarnation. Stop and contemplate the revelation. Stop and consider, meditate on the, the declaration, you know, how God has sent His Son to speak to us. You know, I was reading a story about a man who was, uh, I guess he didn't, he didn't want to go to church. He, uh, he was not interested in Christianity. And one night his, uh, his uh, wife invited him to go to service. And he's like, why would I go to, to, to service tonight? The night that they celebrate that, you know, God became a man. You know, how, how silly. You go. And so, you know, she went to church service that night and, and he, was, he was there in his house and all of a sudden he heard like a noise on the window. It was like a pound on the window and he wondered, well, who's there, you know? And so uh, he hears it again, he goes over and, uh, and it was a bird that was, I don't know, for whatever reason, it was flying and it was kind of banging itself against the window, right? And so, uh, um, you know, this happened over and over again, and he opens up the window, go away, you know, go away. And he closes it, boom, the bird, you know, comes back. I don't know if it was after him or what, I'm not sure, man, but, you know, he's thinking, man, what can I do? And he tries all these different things. I mean, he goes out there, and he tries to, you know, put whatever bird food on this section, try to woo it away, scare it away. Nothing would change the way the bird was killing himself. I mean, it's getting, it's hitting the window. The beak's getting bleedy. I mean, it's, it, the feathers are, are falling off. He's like, what can I do to, to help this bird? He said, and then a thought came into his mind. If only I could become a bird. Then I could go and, I don't know, talk bird talk, I guess, you know. And I could say, hey, bro, let's go this way, man, and, you know, follow me. They, you know, maybe we'll fly together. And, and as he started thinking that thought, all of a sudden it came to him. That's kind of what God did. I mean, here we are, you guys. And, and, and a lot of times we're, we're messing up our life. We're going down roads that we shouldn't go down. You know, we're copying attitudes that really are not of the Lord We've got these pursuits. And, you know, what, what I found most in my life is that we put things uh, before him and we look to people to, to, to bring us joy or relationships and, and um, you know, I don't know, the ambitions of life and the possessions of life. And we, we don't know, we don't realize, we haven't yet that, did you guys know this? None of those things will ever satisfy you. I mean, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how much stuff you get. It doesn't matter what person you enter into a relationship with. 
you know, because you're like, oh, if only I could have a you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife or whatever the case may be. You know, oh, if only I could get to that position and then I think my life will be like great. And it's like, and then the Lord just, you know what? None of that, none of that will ever satisfy you. I promise you that. The only thing that will satisfy you is when you find your delight in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you that right now. You guys, Jesus Christ must be number one in your life. Now, number two or three or four or down the row, what we find it in when you really celebrate Christmas is that, you know, th- this last verse I want to share with you in John chapter 3. In verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, this right here is probably the, the, the best Christmas passage of all. Because it tells you like why God did what he did, what did he do, and at the end of the day, what you need to do to be able to take advantage of God's gift in Jesus Christ. You know, for God so loved the world. Did you know that God loves you? Did you guys know that? I mean, he is, he is head over heels over you. I mean, I'm serious. You know, you go to God's house, your picture is on his refrigerator. Did you know that? I'm serious, man. I mean, he is in love with you. And let me tell you something, and this is what you got to know about God's love. He loves you as if you were the only one to love. Do you understand that? I mean, has that hit home yet? You know, how many people do we know that love us that way? See, that's God's love. God's love for us is unconditional. It's sacrificial. Even when we blow it, it doesn't change His love for us. And we find the Bible says is God loved the world so much, it says right here, that He gave his only begotten son. He gave Jesus Christ. Now that should blow you away, you know? I mean, think about that. I mean, I wonder, and I, I wish I could kind of talk to all of you guys here, like, did you, uh, what gifts did you get, you know, your spouse? What did you get for your kids? And don't you guys get excited when you give gifts? Like, a, especially a real expensive gift? Yeah or no? The one that they really wanted or one that they really needed you know, and, you know, I don't know. I, I like it. Sometimes some of the best gifts are, are, are gifts that, that are made or are thoughtful. You know, when I was growing up, I don't know if, I, if you guys heard of that game with the big washers. They're big washers, and they put the can in the ground, and you, and you throw them into the hole. Do you guys remember that game? No? Okay, well, we got to hook this up. We got to do this, man. I was poor, I guess. I don't know. We used to play that game. <laughs> And uh, I, t- I was telling uh, one of my friends about it, yeah, when I was little. And it was kind of cool. They, they were just thinking of me. And they gave me, as a Christmas gift, they gave me one of those washers. And they said, you should start up again. I said, well, thank you. That's probably the best gift I've ever gotten. Because what it shows is it shows a thoughtfulness, right? And so I don't know. I mean, you give gifts. And um, the thoughtfulness involves sometimes a sacrifice. Yeah, sometimes the, the, the money and, and, and what we got to know for Christmas 
is that God gave his son. His son. How many of you here would, would give one of your children? You, you want to give your children? You guys are bad. I mean, and you know, he gave his son for us. That's what we read right here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, not just one of his kids, his only kid, his perfect kid. He gave him, he gave his son. Why? So that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see? And that's, that's what Christmas is all about. That's the gospel, you guys. First word is incarnation. And you got to know, it wasn't just a baby born. It wasn't just a silent night, cute story that, you know, you send Christmas you know, cards out and you kind of have your little Christmas parties at work and then, you know, you, you know, it doesn't like slam you. It was God, right? And then there's the revelation, the revelation of His grace and truth. I mean, the message of forgiveness, even though we don't deserve it. And then there's that declaration as Jesus came um, to unfold the whole message of God, to make it all clear so that we can see and we read the word. I mean, I'm glad that God came to be with me. I'm glad that God revealed himself. I'm glad that God has given me the Bible. But after incarnation and revelation and declaration, it has to come to that last word, and that is salvation. How do you go to heaven? How do you get saved? You know, sometimes what we'll do is we'll go on the streets or we'll just talk to people and we'll just say, hey, if you were to die today, um, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? And uh, we get a lot of different answers, you know, not trying to, to freak anybody out or anything, but the truth is that that might happen, right? I mean, none of us has tomorrow guaranteed. And so, you know, they'll usually say, well, yeah, I think I'm going to heaven. And then we just ask them, well, why? Why do you think you're going to heaven? And, you know, nine times out of ten, they would say, because I'm a good person. I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. I never killed anybody. You know, sometimes they say I haven't gone to jail. You know, I'm, you know, better than so-and-so. And, and you guys know this, and i got to tell you just straight out, that that won't get you to heaven, right? Being a good person won't get you to heaven. You want to know why? Because we're not good enough. Um, the Bible says there are none that are good. No, not one. Well, yeah, Manny, but you don't know me. I don't have to know you. <laughs> I know the Bible, right? And the Bible says that there's not one good, no, not one. And so what ended up happening, right, was Jesus came, he died on the cross. All our sins were placed on him. He was born to die. And they put him in the grave. He rose again the, the third day. And this is all he's asking tonight. You know, even though I'm asking for tamales, he's not asking for tamales. You know, he's not asking for your money. He's not asking for anything like that, you guys. He's just asking that you believe. Do you believe? Would you believe? And I'm not talking about your head. I'm talking about your heart. Jesus Christ, God's Son, came to earth to die for me and my sins. And he set before me a promise, and it's a gift, that it says, if I believe in him with my heart, that I'll have everlasting life. Man, I'll tell you, man.
I don't know about you, but does, is there a deal better than that? It's a free gift. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so what do you got to do? You got to receive that gift. You know, I thank God for so many of you here are already Christians and you know the Lord, man, and you're ready. But if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to know him and you want to know for sure that when you die, you'll go to heaven, then you got to receive the Lord. John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And that's the thing, you guys. you got to receive Him. How do you receive Him? Um, you just pray a prayer. You just really pray. Real simple. In your heart, you pray a prayer. And you ask the Lord to come into your life. You tell Him that you want to turn from your sins. And tonight, you want to trust Him as your Lord and Savior. If you do that, the Bible promises that, that you will be saved. And like we said in the very beginning, God, you know, has invited himself and wants to be with you forever, he will bless you with that gift. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.